Hey, I know I've been away for a little while. I moved into my new place and uh, got my kid all situated and everything's just going really, really well. And I was really trying to wait until I got you know, a better insulation set up in here because it is echoey as all hell which is probably going to show on this. But it can't be helped. Um, because I just, I just wanted, I wanted to say this. Reconciliation of opposites has a lot of benefits. You know, the, the, the shadow talk and understanding your, your darker self. But I'm not going to go into all that. What I what I'm talking about is I'm in a place in my life where I don't even lose arguments anymore. And at first, I used to think that that was because I was just growing in knowledge. That was what I thought. I thought that it was just, no, this is just me learning. This is just me learning. Because looking back, I was a kid that barely graduated high school. I had to take a remedial math class my senior fucking year. Like, the only class that I did, two classes that I did excellent in, the only two classes that I ever got A's in were were, uh, science and history. Which is surprising because I was horrible at math. You know, in, in the science aspect. But I love science. But I was horrible at that. When I got to Algebra 2, I was like, oh no. I, I barely understand what's going on. And then, I guess they were trying to be cute and put me in geometry. And I was like, yeah, I'm out. And, uh... Yeah, like, I... I the only time that I went to college was just because the military didn't pan out and I had enough money to pull it off. And ignorantly enough, I tried to go to school to be a nurse, trying to fast track myself to success. But even back then, I knew what I know now is that you can't, you can't pretend to be something that you're not. And there are some things to which you just don't have the aptitude. And watching people bleed out on the table wasn't something for me. Shoot, I could barely handle giving an old lady a bath in a nursing home with palsy. That shit scarred the fuck out of me. But back to what I was saying. The reason why, and this is going to be me being (laughs) dangerously honest, that's what this podcast is really going to be, is me being dangerously honest. The ability to look at things from both sides, all the way to the extremes, it's a gift and a curse. I mean, 
I used, I used to have a really screwed up mind. Like, religion really screwed my mind up. Especially when I was trying to overlay it on every damn thing. Lots of things outside of that, like the way people treat each other, screwed my mind up. Because for many, many of my life, I kept running into motherfuckers that were like me, who came from Christian homes or came from good, seemingly good families, only to hear these horrible, nightmare stories of things that their fathers or mothers or brothers or sisters had done to them that they would laughingly joke off. I've had girls tell me crazy psycho shit their brothers have done to them, like try to stab them, throw them off of fucking stairs, almost run them over by fucking cars. And it's like, oh, this was my crazy ass brother. Fuck. I've, man, I've, 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 heard, I've heard every crazy psycho story that you could possibly hear. I'd love to hear more, to be honest with you. I mean, the, the crazy things that people do has always given me an insight into the darkness. What lies beneath. And anything that's dark that you could possibly think of, a human is capable of it. But then, on the virtue side, I used to always think that there was going to be that one person that would stand out like a pillar amongst all of us. It was just like this beacon of hope. This had to be, right? There's so many of these dark, horrible fucking stories. There has to be. There just has to be. But then... And... I hate it, but I hate to admit it, but I, I quite I quite enjoy it talking about it is the thoughts never stopped. Never. Because at the end of the day, I would still have the same questions. Whenever I would talk to people, whenever I would, you know, the, the inner dialogue, I always had it. It never left me. And so whenever I would talk to people or new people, there was this part of me deep down that was trying to figure you out. Trying to figure out if you were the kind of person that was walking in the light or if you are the kind of person that was walking in the darkness, if you were just trying to do it on the low or if you, you know, this, I, I was always trying to figure people out. It was just what I did. So now, 39 years old, and I've learned so much over the years, so much, and I, and I can't wait to learn more, and, I, and I, I'm looking at all of these complex issues that, by all accounts, are super freaking connected. And I see these these people that are trying to champion these issues by attacking them indiscriminately. It seems like some of them quite discriminately. And it's just like it seems it seems so lame. 
And this is from someone who, who, who likes to see the good guy win in the end. But it's just, it's just so lame. The excuses and the arguments. I'll give you a few examples. Like Matt Walsh. Matt Walsh is on a tear right now. With the you know, what is a woman thing and defending the children. Right. But see, the thing, the thing that frustrates me about conservatives and conservative-leaning people is that they never see the merits in what the enemy or their enemy, as they would word it, maybe some would word it. It's not, it's not even, it shouldn't even really be an enemy thing, but it, it, it feels like it. It turns into it, especially in heated discussion. But they don't even look to see the merit. Like, I'll say it, I'll word it like this, because a lot of people will say, you, you remember, most of us remember that very point when we got older and we watched something with a villain from when we were younger and then we found like, like a resonance in what they were saying. Like, oh, okay, that's really not that bad. I, I get it. You know, like, makes sense. Like the Joker, that line, that famous line in uh, that movie where he was talking to Batman. He said, you know, uh, I'll show you when the chips are down, these civilized people, they'll eat each other. We're, we're living that, literally, right now. I, I love it. I, I, I love it and I hate it at the same time, but there's a sick side of me that loves it. Because in this, you get to see, in this atmos- atmosphere of, of, of fear, you get to see people as they really are. It's intoxicating. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, I let some of that little demon inside of me out, but... There's a part of me that's like this. Because I can I can see things from both sides. I can look down into the bloody mess of things. It's a gift and a curse. And so what would I say to a Matt Walsh? It's like, you know, sure, sure. And now I'm not saying this to, d- to discourage what he's doing or to talk shit about what he's doing per se. It's really to just bring up a very valid point that I really hope we don't miss, especially going forward. It's like, like, like Matt Walsh, I get it. Sure, kids, and we're saving them, and, we, and, and abortion, yes, I know. A life is a life is a life. But what about the shit tons of fucking orphans? What about them? We care so much about the children, right? You always say our children, but you never say the children. You always say our children, right, Matt? So what about the children that aren't fucking ours? I'm talking about all children. Not just the ones that that people had that are connected to a family already. What about all of them? Like, how far did you guys investigate this shit? Like, like, do you, do, did you did you ever think to check in into these orphanages? You know that as long as I've been alive, 
the last time that I remember people giving a fuck about orphans was when Little Orphan Annie was a was a was a big hit, which is me dating myself. But yeah, that was the last time I remember. I haven't. I've met shit tons of orphans since then. In fact, I'll tell you a personal story from an orphan that I work with. This is my best friend. One of my best friends. I, I have a lot of good friends right now. He recently just uh, helped me while I was sick. I, I, I get sick during the, the cold seasons because my body's really not, not built for, for it. I was born an asthmatic, so once it hits about around November, I'm either, you know, having insane respiratory shit or I'm getting like some type of stomach virus. But I, I hate the winter season. I've always hated the winter season. I don't do well. <coughs> I don't do well in the cold at all. So you'll never see me move up north. I stay below the tropics as much as possible. But yeah, James. Yeah, he's a good guy. Orphan. He told me a story. One of these days, I want to get. I want to get him on my podcast. He wants to do it too. I want to get him on the podcast so he can just tell me some stories from his past. But he told me this story. <laughs> I ain't even gonna lie, it made me cry. <laughs> and it enraged the fuck out of me too. Because the demon that I am, I would've, I would've raised hell. <laughs> I'll be damned. But you know, he told me, he told me the story about, it was, uh, he was, you know, orphan, he was a little boy. And it was one of the houses you know, he had already, I think he had already left a bad house. No, no. This is like, he said this is around the time that he first got adopted. I can't remember he said he, it was in between 9 or 12. And, uh, I think he was actually younger though. I think it was like the 9. I think it was like 9 or 10 or something like that. And, uh, they got him into a, this young, upstanding, supposedly Christian home. With these two, you know, mom and dad, you know, professing Christian people. And shit you not, the very first night. Night number one. I mean, I don't know what Christian means to you. Christian means a lot to me. That's the reason why I don't use the term. Because it's just been so damn bastardized. But it always... You know, to me, refer to being Christ-like. So you tell me what's Christ-like about this. They told this little boy to come sit down and eat some supper. This is night number one. Kid probably hadn't eaten all day. He told me that he that he was hungry as shit that night. And uh, they uh, sat him down. And they told him that he could eat as long as he said his prayers. And he had never prayed a day in his life. He didn't even know what they were talking about. Didn't know nothing about no Jesus. And they told him that if he didn't pray to a man that he didn't know, that they didn't have the wherewithal to show him about, or even show any compassion or empathy or sympathy to his plight whatsoever, if he didn't bow down, he was eating that night. 
And he said something in him snapped. <laughs> and he was like, no, that I'm not eating. And they sent him to his room and locked the door. And he stayed in that room and he cried and everything. And he didn't eat, eat that night. And then, uh, you know, of course, so, shortly after that, he complained and stuff. And, and they sent him to a new place. But they had talked a whole bunch of shit about him and said that he was an unruly kid. And that they, no, they got rid of him. I take that back. They got rid of him the next day. They said that he was an unruly kid and undisciplined. And they, and they didn't have a place in their home for a kid like him. <clears throat> And, you know, the thing about James, just to speak on him a little bit, James is a very soft-natured guy, very soft-natured. He's sweet, and he's kind, and he's articulate. He, I have never, as long as I've worked with this guy, I've never seen him raise his voice at anyone. He's a manager, and he, to be completely honest, other managers get on his ass because he's horrible at delegating, because he doesn't want to smash on anyone's toes. And what I told him next, I don't know what it was, but it really made him lift his head. And he's been lifting his head a lot ever since. But I told him that that was the bravest thing I had ever heard in my life. <laughs> and it was because I remembering my past and me being a little boy. And I know for a fact I would have bowed my head. I would have mumbled some stuff just so I could have eaten that night because that's how big of a coward I was when I was a kid. And the fact that he had the wherewithal to refuse with two adults towering over him, already knowing that something malevolent was taking place and that the only way that it could have gone is up from there. And yet, even in spite of that, he refused to eat. It could have beaten him. It could have done far worse to him just for not eating. It's happened multiple times. People know what I'm talking about. It's not a mystery what happens to children behind closed doors when you have people who don't give two shits about their life. It's not a mystery. And in spite of that, he refused. Yeah, man, that, that welled me to tears. I was like, ooh, gives me chills not even thinking about it. Just to imagine the vision of a defiant child who's in the right against some ignorant-ass fucking adults. Gives me chills even now. And it's like, so Matt Walsh, are you gonna, are you gonna, are you gonna, you know, go to these college campuses about this kind of shit? Are you are you gonna are you gonna make a nationwide campaign for the orphans? I fucking doubt it. Will the whole of PragerU do it? No. Will the whole of the United States do it? Never. We say we care about kids, but it's all fucking bullshit. Most of the shit we say we care about is fucking bullshit because when you really boil it down, we only care about that one thing, but we could give fuck all about all the shit that's connected to it. It's so asinine, it's laughable. 
Whether you believe in the devil or not, I guarantee you some son of a bitch is evil is laughing their ass off right now It's how stupid we all look about everything. You have grown adults pissing and moaning about Elon Musk online. I've never heard so many people concerned about how one man spends his money. <laughs> it's just, oh man. I know I sound sad or possessed right now. I'm really not. This is just me <laughs> being honest. Because I can see things from both sides. That's the reason why I'm the anti-hero type. I've kind of always been that way. I don't, I don't believe in giving mercy to snakes. And we live in a world that, that does absolutely that. We live in a world that, that incentivizes being a coward, being weak. Most of the problems, when people come to me with their problems at all, and whether you believe it or not, lots of people come to me with their problems. Even people who run fucking businesses come to me with their fucking problems. Because I'm real. I'm a Lancelot. I don't really give a damn about your title or your money or how cute you are or how hot you think you are or how funny you think you are or whatever the fuck you think about yourself. It means dick all to me. To me, you're just another sack of meat. It could easily be killed or destroyed with a bullet or a knife to a heart or just about anything. Fuck a paperclip. As humans, we're really not that remarkable on paper. It's what's inside of us that makes us remarkable. It's people who are able to display character and grit and tenacity. That's the type of shit I fucking love. I love love seeing the fiery spirit of the human being rage forward. Despite all difficulty and opposition and obstacles, I love seeing that shit. It it fuels my heart to see that shit. The defiant eye. The valiant soul. I, I, every time I run across someone like that, I want to call them my friend. Because there's just so much weakness out there. So much. You know, and so why most people have been sitting around collecting fucking chins, I'm always sword training. People think I spend shit tons of time online. I do. It's because I can afford the free time. Because most of the damn time I'm studying or reading or stuff. And right now I'm kind of on a hiatus. I've studied quite a bit. My brain's kind of fucking tired. I've been kind of taking a break from reading and everything. Words start to run together after a while. Start overlaying books on top of each other, it's a mess. But... Nani? I should've turned the volume down on that shit. You know what, screw it, I'll leave that in. Cause this is me being real. Um, what's another one I could dissect down like that? Uh, let's see. Another stupid ass issue. I'll give you one. Perfect fucking one. Like, okay, the left, they are so up in arms about about people who deny 
election results, okay? And then, like, it's not just the election results, because whenever there's an issue with the media, like the Pelosi shit with her fucking husband and the fucking eyes wide shut thing he had going on, um, you know, and of course, we, we, we've talked and people have talked about them not pointing to the cameras. I say fuck the cameras. They want to hide their shit, let them hide their shit. Doesn't matter. I didn't give two shits about her. Uh, most people could. My thing is this. Every time we have an issue where we see some shit that's fucked up and then the media says that, no, you didn't see what you saw. You motherfuckers are always trying to try to create conspiracies and shit. Create conspiracies. So, but yeah, yeah. We can we can do that. We can do that. So my thing is this though. Do you really care who runs this shit? Really? I mean, do you really care who runs this shit? Like our nation. Do you really care? That's the question that I've had for a long time. Because I've always wondered if everybody really cares as much as they fucking say they do. It doesn't really feel like it, though. It doesn't. As much as I try to exonerate everyone when I ask this question, because I've asked myself this question for a long time now, it just doesn't... No, it doesn't feel right. You don't. You don't really care. You don't. The reason why I know you don't care is because... And you know what? These leftists, these kids are right. They're right on, on in a lot of ways that you refuse to admit. Even as a conservative myself, I have to admit in a lot of ways. And that's just because I can see things from both sides. Believe me, there's a little anarchist inside of me too that wants all of this shit to fucking burn. But I, I, can, I can see it so clearly now that most people don't really give a shit who runs much of anything as much as they say that they do. Because at the end of the day, you're still gonna do the same lame-ass shit you've been doing. Collecting chins and not really doing anything to preserve your life and the lives of those around you. Preservation of life is an important thing. It's a base function. But when you, I don't know, abdicate your responsibility to someone else or a higher fucking power for all of your basic ass needs, can you really say that you care about your life? I mean, I would never in a million years leave my life in the hands of someone else. But I mean, I guess only I could say that. But to leave my life, my future, my livelihood, the life of my child in the hands of the government? I see so many people doing that so flippantly, carelessly that it's just like nothing. 
I just, I, and you know, I think even as a child, I never understood it. I, I think I speak for, for the lefties in that regard. I, I never understood this balls to the wall love for government that everyone seems to have to where it's just like, you see it in conservatives because whenever you, you, you talk to conservatives, there's always emphasis on the government. The government needs to, the, the goddamn government needs to, the government's all fucked up, get the government. Right? <laughs> that damn government. <laughs> that damn government guy. Not cranking out the the golden eggs like she used to. Eh? <laughs> Goddamn government. <laughs> Does that not sound like socialism to you? It sounds like it to me. There's so many different definitions of socialism, but it sounds like it. Because there used to be a time when we didn't rely on the government to get what we needed. There was a time when a man rose up in the morning and he put foot to ass to any and everything that got in his way so that he could provide for his family. It wasn't just about him. It wasn't even just about his family. It was about the community. And it even wasn't even just about that, it was about the nation. A whole bunch of strangers rallied together, joined forces, fought civil wars, fought against a foreign power. Whole bunch of dudes that didn't know each other from Adam. Didn't have fucking Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or none of that shit. Left wives and kids at home. They weren't no bitches like the ones we got now that are always hiding up under their fucking wives, hiding at home, always going, I can go home to the wife. I always gotta go home to the wife. Yeah, yeah. You couldn't fight a revolution if the world, if your life depended on it because you're so damn busy worrying about what the fuck your wife is doing and what moves she's making. Most of you wouldn't couldn't bear the thought of leaving your home to fight any damn thing because of the fact that you couldn't stop thinking about her fucking somebody else. Because you know she's just as unfaithful as you are. Ugh. <laughs> it's, it's, it's asinine to me. It's asinine to me. We say we care so much about the shit we say we care so much about, yet there's zero proof of it. Just, I mean... Step outside and walk down the street and look at all the piles of fucking trash scattered around everyone's fucking yards. No one gives a fuck about anything anymore. Barely their own damn lives. Everything's subjective. No, it's not. 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 Things are black and fucking white. Humans. We are the ones that invent the gray areas. We are the ones that invent the happenstances. We're the ones that can't color within the lines to save our fucking lives. And then we'll wax philosophical about why we shouldn't. Everything's turned into fucking high school. I feel it now more than ever. You know, like it's just, you, you walk around and it feels like it. Where, like, 
like you see it on on Twitter, you know, like you get made fun of for doing the right thing far more often than you would if you were just like being a total fucking idiot. And if you're a total fucking idiot, everyone fucking loves you. Because it's like, we live in this world of, of distorted perversion. It's like the, like, it's like the perfect time to be dark. Like if you were a dark natured person, now is your time to shine. Because you could be downright vile right now, and people will fucking love you for it. And these same bastards, people who love vile, sick shit, have no comprehension, nor do they care that they're just as big a prey and just as big of victims to the government as anybody else. But that, you know. Yeah. But I guess it doesn't really matter until they hit home. Until the wolf goes into your hen house. Even in that, I always get kind of like shocked. You know, it's like you realize when you really get out into the world and you have the right kind of confidence and you and you stand solidly, you don't bend or break. You're ready to die for yours. You learn this. There aren't as many savages out here as you would think. At least not in the Western world. Now, who in the Middle East and in third world countries, mad, mad plenty savages. A lot of the people coming trying to escape these horrible environments and then, oh my God, dude. The fucking journey. Not even journey. It's hell that they have to go through just to leave the places that they're at considering the fact that Europe don't really give two fucks about refugees and don't really want to deal with them like yeah bro nah most of the people are flocking to America because it's sad to say probably some of the least heartless people on earth are here Especially towards brown lives. You won't ever see Switzerland or fucking Norway or the Dutch or France or fuck, whoever, you know, absorbing a a shit ton of black refugees. Especially not of their own fucking volition. Italy, Greece, never. Hell no. They like making monkey sounds during soccer games. They, nah, I'm good. They, they ain't gonna do that. And then, to add insult to injury, they don't even see the ramifications of this shit. You should really read in Tale of Two Cities. It, I mean, it, the French Revolution, man. The French Revolution is something I've fantasized about for years. You know? Because it was pure. It was pure as fuck. It's something that the powers that be don't ever want to happen again. That's the reason why they spend billions of dollars in marketing and advertising and trying to find ways to satiate everyone. And sedate everyone. 
unless they can get you to care the better. Even if it's a tiny bit, it's enough. Even if it's on one issue or a hundred issues, it doesn't matter. Just to get you to stop caring. Sit at home, collect chins, spin, buy, fuck around. You don't like the Wally movie. That's what they want. That's what the governments of the world have always wanted. In the end, slaves that they don't have to be or coerce or threaten or trick manipulate or govern just do what the fuck they want them to do without them even having to worry about asking them to do it and it's almost there it really is it's almost there people switch on issues like nobody's business now it's so crazy how quickly you see the same groups of people jump from one issue to another to another without missing a fucking beat. Almost to the point to where you, like, dude, the COVID thing almost comes as a joke now. Because it was like, we went from that to this, to this, to that, to that, to this. Like, boom, 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 boom. Motherfuckers like me are sitting back like, y'all are some dumb motherfuckers. Because I didn't change shit that I did this whole damn time. I just went about my normal day. Like nothing changed for me. Except for the mask shit. And even that, I barely complied. (laughs) Not a shot, not a nothing. I mean like, I don't know. I don't know, man. I will say there are there are some there are some upsides. There are some upsides because in the in the the wake of all this nonsense going on is that the internet is producing some amazing storytellers and people who uh, you know are self-proclaimed uh, investigative journalists and historians and people who are just really, really good at getting a team around them and fleshing out uh, issues like Johnny Harris. Love Johnny Harris. He just recently got an award for his storytelling. He's been breaking down uh, uh, the war in Ukraine amongst a lot of other shit. And his accuracy is damn fucking good. I learned more from him than I learned from damn near anyone right now about things going on in the world. You know, as far as like getting things from both sides. He's, I, I love, I love the way that he approaches things and he's, he's very honest and he sees things from both sides too. And I, I like that about him. He does, he does great work. You should check him out. Uh, I follow him on Facebook, but I mean, I, I'm sure he's, YouTube and a lot of other places. But yeah, Johnny Harris. Oh, I guess that's all I've got. I'm just... I just got to get that out of there. I find people so annoying these days. So annoying. There's no sense of nuance. 
little things for knowledge. It's a lot of dumb shit. One liners, stupid ass quotes they got off of Instagram. And I'm just so fucking sick of it. I'm sick of the thoughts. I'm sick of the. Every time I hop on the damn internet, there's like some half naked fucking chick or some stupid ass post with some chick with a whole bunch of fucking makeup on or a whole bunch of dumb shit. You know, that's one of the things that freaking drives me nuts. All this female empowerment. Oh, let me end it here. Ooh, let me end it here so I can get this off my chest. All this female empowerment. Female empowerment. Female empowerment. How about being empowered to help? Help the fucking nation in which you live and profit from. You goofy bitch. I don't know. Maybe help. Maybe that. You know, all this fucking female empowerment that all I ever see these bitches do is give a fuck about themselves and wax philosophical about them fucking selves and about their stupid ass fucking past lives that they've lived over and over and over again. Always saying that they're seeing someone when they're always seeing someone. Like, that's fucking proof of anything. Like, (laughs) it's just like, God. You have to be really fucking brain dead to live in a nation depend on living in a nation and yet care nothing for it because you're too busy uh, uh, trying to fleece men for cash and shake your ass online and shit like you just you just don't care like oh man if if you if you really if you really let social media you know like trick you into believing that that so many people care about about the planet and the world man don't don't I, I I've seen I've seen girls do so much weird shit online I've seen girls try to try to promote serious issues and still flash their tits at the same damn time. It's just like, wow. The place that women have fallen to, to where everything can be used as an opportunity to get a little libido boost, a little boost to the ego, a little boost to the senses, a little little boost just so I can feel good about myself, just at the cost of what? For what? Like, man, dude, self-esteem, ah, dude, self-esteem, so damn low amongst the ranks of women right now. It's sad. So we're even like, like, just basic discussion is impossible. Basic discussion is impossible because it almost goes to the point to where you go left even a little bit. She don't ever want to talk to you again. It's like, all right, you keep living that way if you want to. But when the shit hits the fan and the zombie hordes come, if they ever come, or the concentration camps come first, which they might, I guarantee you'll be looking at every man in your fucking purview uh, eyesight hoping that he's a decent motherfucker that will come rescue you. But, you know, y'all keep on labeling labeling all men trash if you want. 
I don't know. I think I think there's a lot of trash going all over the place. There's trash all over. For why I said, because if you could, if you could sit here and bask in the in the privilege of of living in probably one of the safest places in the world to live right now, but yet not give two fucks about getting off your Instagram ass and actively showing that you care about your countrymen and the land in which you live, you're a sorrier piece of shit than any government official. And that goes for everyone. You can say what you want. You can carry all the picket signs. You can vote for all the right people. You can put all your money behind whatever candidate you fucking want. But if you don't personally take up your sword and shield for your own fucking nation, you are a coward and you deserve no nation. And if it falls, you will have blood on your hands. Whether you see it or not, whether you believe it or not, whether you care or not, doesn't matter because you lived here and you did dick all to stop it. So you can hop online, you can say whatever you want, you can post all your stupid little fucking shit, you can go to the council meetings, you can go to the this, you can go to that. But at the end of the day, if you're not prepared to pick up sword and shield for your nation that you swear up and down you love, it means nothing. If you're not going around telling people to stop throwing their trash on the damn ground every damn time they open up a piece of candy, I don't know what the fuck to tell you. You don't give a shit. You either care about all of it or you care about none of it. This is something that I've I've always impressed upon Christians. So don't think that I'm being harsh just for the fuck of it. I've always told Christians the same thing for years. If you love the Bible, you either love all of it or you love none of it. Because anything else is bullshit. You can't pick and choose what parts of a story you like. You either like the whole fucking story or you don't like all of it. Nobody wants to hear about your fucking, your your, your little gripes and, 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 and quibbles with the fucking story. Fuck that shit. You, it's either a good fucking story or it's not. Fuck this pity pat bullshit. So you either love all of the story of America or you don't. You don't get to pick and fucking choose. I know you like to think that you can. People, the cowards would love to believe that you can pick and choose. There ain't no such thing as halfway crooks. There's no such thing as half getting fucked in the ass. <laughs> like, the fuck are you, me? Oh, man, dude. Millie Mouth motherfuckers always doing that shit too, always trying to fucking downplay shit. And I'm sure there's some Millie Mouth fucker right now is like, you're really being hyperbolic. That's just like, like, like what, what, what purpose does this serve? Exactly that. Exposing bitch made motherfuckers like you. They can't stand on nothing. That's amazing that you, that some of these men can even walk at all with how much spine they lack. Alright, but you know what though, see, 
if the French Revolution taught me one thing, it was this, is that you can only ignore problems for so long. You can only ignore problems for so long. You can ignore the homeless man for only so long until there's legions of them. You can only ignore the homeless for so long until there's legions of them. You can only ignore the man that you robbed and stole until there's legions of them. And then all the pretty words and tassels and one-liners and quotes and Instagram pics and all the bullshit in the world ain't gonna stop the motherfuckers from tearing your world apart. Because while you were sitting there bullshitting, they were struggling for life, fighting for survival, getting stronger, sharper, and more ruthless as time went on. While you got softer and weaker and more docile and more detached from reality as time went on. And who do you think is going to fucking win when those two forces clash? And I, I mean this to you too, my country brothers and sisters. I, I lived out in the country for a bit. I, I love the country way of life. The country boy can't survive. But even for you, you're gonna run out of bullets, bro. You're gonna run out of bullets. You're not gonna be able to stop the horde of dispossessed that will come when the shit really hits the fan. You won't have enough bullets. Do you... I say this all the time because I know the numbers. I've seen them. It's mind-blowing. If you knew how many people live within a square mile, this is... Mm. And those are the people that we know about. Places like Africa. Man, you don't know how many fucking people there are in this world. But on the positive side, you don't really know what kind of people there are in this world. There are people out there that would blow your fucking mind. There are people out there that would make you rethink everything you know about life. But because there's so much fake bullshit out there right now masquerading as what's up, some of you will never see it. And we'll never see those people and we'll never see anything truly great. Because you're all too busy following bullshit. Which is by design, by the way. Because the governments of the world, they want you chasing an image. An image of their creation. And as long as you're bound to that image, into what they want you doing, regardless of whether you know what that is or not, they're winning and they're good doesn't matter if you believe in the blue pill or the red pill doesn't matter if you swallowed or ate either one because at the end of the day if all you're gonna do is go back to sleep ain't nobody really fighting no damn dragons 
Ain't no bad guys really gonna, ain't no real bad guys ever gonna see justice. I mean, shit. Epstein, where's the fucking list? Where's the fucking list? Where's the fucking list? You guys know it. You guys saw it. There's a whole bunch of rich, nasty motherfuckers. Some of them we even know that were out fucking and molesting kids. And yet, even now, we still don't have the list. I want the list because I want those heads. That's me. That's the kind of shit that we should be about. Demanding truth. Demanding justice. Demanding that people get what they fucking deserve when they do foul shit. But we're getting to a place where it's getting further and further away for that. Where we're actually making allowances for demons instead of cutting their fucking heads off. And the more that that shit goes on, I feel like the more I'm getting to a place to where I'm starting to fucking hate people. And I never thought that I would really get there. But people are getting so fucking dumb that I'm starting to lose all hope. I want that list. I want that fucking list. I want to know who the fuck it is. Politician, king, president, I don't give a shit. I want to know who the fuck thought that it was cool to fucking molest and mutilate and torture kids. And did it as a fucking business. I believe every last one of those son bitches should be hanging from fucking trees right now. The traffickers, the motherfuckers supporting them, the some bitches that helped them, the asshole that drove the fucking car, the getaway driver, the bank accountant, every last motherfucking person connected to this shit should be dead and underneath a million piles of ash. That's what the fuck I'm talking about. And until we have that kind of resolve, all of this is fucking lip service. If you're still here, that means I probably wasn't harsh enough. But... I do all that to display a point for what I really, really, really wanted to talk about. I learned something recently, and it's been kind of the most shattering realization because it's so basic, yet I missed it for nearly all my life. And the funny thing about it is that I learned it from an anime. There's this anime that I've been watching that I really like. It's second season's coming up, I think in June or July, maybe. I know it's next year. Uh, it's called Vinland Saga. It's really, really cool. It has, talks about the Welsh and, and the Dutch and, and like Viking lore and old stuff. It has a lot of historical stuff in it, but Man, there was this one scene. Well, there was a series of scenes but in the first season. But man, there was this one scene that rocked my ass. Because it was so real and accurate. And I don't want to spoil it. But man, I have to talk about it. Because it was just, it was so real. So there's this prince, right? And this prince, he's been kidnapped. 
And he's pretty much a pawn. Everybody's pawn. But he's very, very scared and also kind of naive. But, you know, he's quiet. He has, you know, this retainer. This guy has been looking after him. And he treats him like his son. You know, like his actual flesh and blood son. The fact that Bond is so close that it almost looks inappropriate considering the fact that the boy is, you know, the prince and a soon-to-be king. You know, he's, he's the heir to the throne. He's next in line. <coughs> and there's this one scene where the, the group of mercenaries that the boy... The prince is, is, you know, stuck with. They have to go into enemy territory, into the enemy lands. And while they're there, they, the, you know, the brigands that, that took the prince decide that they need to ransack this village that's in enemy territory. And all of this is to get the prince to a certain location so that he could be. Uh, set up for something. I won't spoil the details of it, but there's reason for them to be in this place and to go about the route that they're going. But there's this village full of these Christians. You know, and this is, I think, in, in Wales. They're in Wales. And they, they fall upon these people and slaughter them. You know, because, of course, they need a place to camp out. All this stuff is, was, was done for the prince. Damn near in his name. And there's a priest with them, you know, through all this. And this whole time, this priest has been trying to understand the meaning of love. And there's a lot to Vinland Saga. I, I seriously suggest if you if you want an anime that you like your very first one, and you really like 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 Game of Thrones or like Oh, like Lord of the Rings or like that old fucking Viking type shit. You will like Vinland Saga. I guarantee you, you will like Vinland Saga. If you like double-edged swords and dudes wearing fucking animal skins and shit, like and horns, telling you, you'll love Vinland Saga. It's not like any anime that you would think of. And it's got some cold ass scenes in it. I mean like will shake you cold like up there with attack on titan type shit but the scene where they, I mean they slaughtered these people they just finished praying before they ate in one of the scenes and everything and you know these motherfuckers they fell on them and put them all in a group I mean and the prince was there watched the whole damn thing and the prince is a Christian so was uh, his retainer and they sat there and they watched them kill these guys didn't Lift, lift a finger to stop them. None of that. Well, but of course, if they did, they would have got killed. In fact, the only one who actually tried to warn the people of what was about to happen was the priest, and they beat him half to death. <laughs> and he didn't even have a sword. So, um, it gets down to... It gets down to a scene where... The, the top guy 
decides that it's finally time to kill the retainer because the retainer is the only thing standing between him and the prince. He's he's protected the prince with his life this entire time. He wouldn't let anybody talk down to him, wouldn't let anybody try to manipulate him. All of that, you know, he was just trying to just make sure that the prince was safe. And he had kept everybody kind of at bay for a minute, but of course they set him up and, you know, he killed him. And the prince was, you know, kind of a lost for words. But there was this this one particular scene where him and the priest were talking about about love. And he was telling him about his retainer. He said, my retainer loved me. And he was like, he told him, he said, your retainer's life is very life revolved around you. And he said, so you think that what you and your retainer had is love, that he had love. And this is not the same man that sat idly by and watched as an entire village was slaughtered for you. And then he looked him in the face and he said, you know, that's not love. He called that, um, what is it called? What do you call it? Discrimination. He said most of what we all call love is just discrimination. It's the difference between loving your child and loving all children everywhere. Whether you're yours or not, whether they're sick or healthy, whether they're in the womb or out, that's the difference. I mean, you can say you have love for children, but unless you love all of them, you really don't. See, (sighs) preservation of life. All life. The life of the villain, the life of the hero, the life of the innocent bystander, the life of the plants, of the trees, the life of the animals in the sea and out of it. Life. If you do not have a love for life, There's almost no hope for you. And not just the lives that you deem worthy. See, we live in a world now where people think it's cute to do shit like that. To to pick and choose which lives are unworthy by how they look or how they present themselves to us. The standards in which we hold everything up. And bind each other to these standards that mean really nothing at the end of the day. But I mean, that's what we're about. But love, true love is all of it. Because love does not discriminate. Real love does not discriminate. And then 
the, the sickest part was when, when he started listing examples. But as a Christian, I, I, gotta, I gotta tell you, the examples hit home to me a lot harder than, any, than it would probably to someone who's not a Christian because I believe in the creationist theory. And so when I look at the world, <clears throat> I see something that was intelligently designed for me, for life. And you can't really argue me down from that because everything on this motherfucker exists and coexists perfectly with everything else. Even when it's not. Even if a wolf fucking eats. A, it was it was crazy. One of the things that the, the boy, the prince had the nerve to ask the, 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 the prince had the nerve to ask the priest what love was. And I thought he was being funny at first. The priest pointed at one of the dead bodies that was laying over there and he said, that's love. <laughs> I was like, what? And then he went down the list and I couldn't really even say that he was wrong. Because he was like, he was like, his his body is gonna feed the earth, the ground, and every living animal around here. Carnivores, people are gonna, you know, animals are gonna come by, feast off of them. His bones will be probably used for things, if not to fertilize the ground. You know, he'll return to the earth always, constantly, every bit of him giving back, nurturing and uplifting. It's like, wow. See, you, you live in a world that tells you that you're useless. Even in death, you're not useless. If not to just make some fucking flowers grow. So, like, you know, you are not useless. Don't, don't buy into the hype. Love. Man, dude, love. God said that he was love. And I believe that he built all of this. And everything about this earth speaks to the kind of love. Because the sun will never just shine just for me. I wouldn't want it to. But, I mean, the sun will never rise or set solely for any one person on the face of this planet. That will never happen. It will never rain or storm on just one person. I'll never be singled out by, you know, uh, nature or a tree. Every, every, you know, like, 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 like trees give oxygen to all of us. It's love. Trees are an image of love. They give oxygen air to every living thing on the face of the planet and all we give them back in return is CO2 and God knows what else chainsaws and dumb shit chopping down for stupid ass reasons I digress just but, but you get what I mean like, man everything on this planet is just Exist in harmony with everything else. I would love to have that kind of love to where I have the same love for nobody that I do for the villain. Same love I have for none could have for a city president. 
even for a fly. Because everything on this earth serves a purpose. Everything on this earth serves a purpose. I don't give a shit what any of these little jackass, te- you know, jackasses on Instagram or whatever say, or TikTok, where they're always trying to fucking come up with these dumbass new ways of living. It's all bullshit. At the end of the day, it doesn't hold up to reality. Because at the end of the day, there's only two people. People who believe in the preservation of life and the people who give two fucks about it. And the ones that give two fucks about it will always be my enemy. Because I truly believe in the preservation of life. All life. But I too also believe that there are some things that should be dispatched from this world if they do not no longer choose to serve a purpose that benefits all life. Well, that's all I got. Have a good one.